Hey, welcome to Tea for Lunch, a weekly show powered by Arcade Studios. Each week, we'll serve you the top stories we're following in social media, entertainment, celebrity, and tech in 15 minutes or less. You can catch the show live on Instagram right now or TikTok right around 12 MST. I guess it's 12.13 at the moment. Um, Or on podcast providers or YouTube on Fridays. We're your hosts this week. Manny. And Mike. You're right, man. We made it. We made it. We got here. We're here. The morning full of meetings and now tea for lunch. Yeah, we did it. How are you doing? Sheesh. I'm doing good. I'm I'm bummed that I missed kickball last night. Yeah, man. We got a solid. It's playoff time for us, and we got a solid win yesterday. So the whole is that team, two wins back to back? Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah, we had a rough start to the season, but I feel like we just needed to get some chemistry, kind of figure out what our strategy was, and then we beat a team that was ranked higher than us. So the office is buzzing today. Everyone's just like using any opportunity to talk about what happened. The thing that makes me a little uncomfortable with this whole situation is that the two wins we got were when I wasn't there. <laughs> oh, I didn't even piece that together. Uh, I guess we got a roster set next week, Mike, and Dang. it's for the best of the team that you sit it out. I'm on the bench. Yeah, it's the last game Going next week. Going to the week. G League. Nah. <laughs> nah. We, I think we just needed time to figure it out, and we did. So Yeah, for yeah, sure. It was good. And I injured my quad, so I'm just a liability anyway. I, th- I thought I just like tweaked it a few weeks ago, yeah. running the first, but then I got a massage on the weekend, and I was telling him about it, and he was like feeling around in there, and he's like, you might have tore your, your tendon like above your quad. Seriously? Like, Dude, yeah, honestly, so. kickball has been so humbling. I feel like the amount of injuries that our team have been on the verge on playing this, kicking a ball is for me quite embarrassing. Like I almost tore my quad. It's like as soon as you turn 25, you got to like stretch before and after everything or else you're, you're toast. Anyway, other than that, how was your weekend? It was good. It was Mitzi and I's anniversary. That's why I was getting a massage, special occasion, you know, Um, did it up big, had some sushi, had some sake, went shopping. Love that, man. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Yeah. Isn't it? Isn't it a special day for you too? Yeah, today's our anniversary too. So we won't be doing it up as big, but we got dinner planned. So I'm excited about that. Nice. Well, you're doing a big move soon. I am. Yep. Oh man, this is our last week in Calgary. So we're excited. It's been a busy, busy last few weeks, but finally things have kind of settled down and we just got to make the drive out to Vancouver. How many days will it have been sleeping in an empty apartment? We only did a week and like three days, but I do miss my bed. I bet. I miss my bed. Man, especially after a hard-earned win last night. You yeah. go home to an air mattress, that's not the vibe. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Should we get into the stories? Let's do it, man. Okay. Well, last week we started this off. Um, it's a new segment called The Sip. So um, for The Sip this week, your weekly rundown of the top stories happening in social. We've got Instagram finally allowing users to download public reels. Um, Instagram has also expanded broadcast channels to now all creators. If you haven't got into the broadcast broadcast channel game, it's a big thing that they're prioritizing an opportunity to get more into like DM kind of environments rather than feed posts. You can now add music to your Instagram notes, which I just, I haven't seen the relevance yet. I haven't figured out how to use it or like why people would care, but it's, it's another it. feature. Meta is expanding its bonus program to enroll more creators and in additional bonuses. And the new Twitter CEO, Linda Yaccarino, sent her first company-wide email saying Twitter's goal is to be the world's most accurate real-time information source. Lastly, a new newsletter platform called Beehive has raised $12.5 million in a Series A funding to join the newsletter game. Nice. As always, another busy week in IG world. Twitter is kind of interesting news. I don't know if you had a chance to read the actual email that Linda sent out. But, yeah, I did. Um, 
it was very much on brand with what um, a lot of uh, media outlets have termed her to be as like the velvet hammer. So mm. it was a little bit of a vague email, but if you're someone who loves Twitter and loves working for Twitter, it was something that you can get behind and be excited about really easily. Yeah. She um, was, she kind of, the main premise of the email was talking about how the global town square needs to um, be like more unfiltered and like have be rebranded and they think Twitter can be that. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah. Interesting. I'm, I'm really interested in the beehive thing um, because I just feel like more and more newsletters and owned audiences are becoming that much more important. Um, as an asset for any kind of business or brand or even creator these days, but also there's just so much more opportunity for earning in the newsletter space compared to social media from what I've seen. Yeah, and with the rise of Substack, I think Beehive has probably seen the opportunity in this space, so um, it'll be interesting. That's a big amount of funding that they got, so they're probably like all gas, no brakes for the next little bit. Giddy up. Yes, sir. And then anything around Instagram you want to chat about? Um, not really. The The piece that I'm most excited about with Instagram is in, in this list this week. We talked about it last week, and that's just their uh, Twitter dupe, the text-based <laughs> yeah. um, version of the platform. So I'm excited to experiment with that once it rolls out. What awesome. You? Anything else in there? No, the big thing is it's interesting. They're gonna, we're going to be able to download public reels. Um, big question there is whether or not there'll be a watermark. I assume there will be, similar to what TikTok's doing um, or has always done. But um, IG always just behind the game. <laughs> Playing catch up. Nice. Okay, well, for our first main story of the week, uh, Pharrell Williams just had his debut at Louis Vuitton runway show. So you would have probably already seen some of um, the photos that come out, but it was star-studded. As a quick recap, Pharrell announced this past Valentine's Day that he had been appointed as LV's newest menswear creative director. This show was his first collection show since announcement, and it it revolved around the concepts of love and community. Pharrell said that the concept of the show is lovers paying homage to his home state of Virginia and the day that he started working on his first few pieces. The show took place outdoors at Pont Neuf Bridge in Paris and featured a distinct pixelated pattern all throughout. Stars were present at the show, including Rihanna, who was featured in the ad campaign, Beyonce, Zendaya, Travis Scott was there, Jay-Z was there, so... Kim Kardashian, of course. Kim Kardashian, yeah, it was star-studded. It was. And my social was flooded with content from that show. I don't know about you. Same. Yeah, I feel like all the big news media outlet that I follow just picked it up and just ran with it. Yeah. Zendaya was like probably the youngest one there. I feel like all the other stars were like millennial darlings, you know? Yeah. What did you think of the actual um, collection that he released? Yeah, I thought it was cool. I felt like maybe it was less out there compared to like a Virgil or someone like that who's been, or even Ruigi with Rude right. and and uh, Bali. But I thought it was cool, and I obviously really like Pharrell. I it took me back to when I was at the Glow in the Dark tour with Kanye West, mm-hmm. and NERD was there, and I was front row, and I got to fist bump Pharrell as he was rapping. That was pretty sick. You did that, yeah, man. Yeah, that's epic. But yeah, he's always just been such a tastemaker, whether it's with his brands or with his music. And I, I believe he wrote all the music that was performed. Yeah, some of it I think was remixed, but yeah, there was some live performances yeah. like Jay Z performed, which is epic because I feel like it's hard to catch him perform these days. So yeah, yeah and even the digital camo kind of like pixelation treatment to the clothes, I feel like. Like that really took me back. Like that was popular. I don't know exactly the era, like early 2000s. Yeah. Some people are saying it's giving Minecraft. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I don't know. Would you wear it? Uh, I'd wear it. Yeah. I feel like um, 
yeah, like I have an art piece that's pixelated similar to that thing, so I'm into that. But I like how cool. it's very true to Pharrell. I think he had an album back in the 2000s that's kind of was similar to that vibe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it felt really true and authentic to who Pharrell is, and he has a vision for this. Obviously, he's really interested in fashion, and he's been in the fashion game for so long. So it's nice that he's you know he's got the first one out of the way and excited to see for other collections what he's going to do yeah and there's layers to it like Pont Neuf is like such an iconic location right. to have a, a show like that and I think they like really structured it and like set it up to be social media friendly yeah um, and that's why we saw so much great content in our feeds last night about it was it last night or the night before I think it was two nights yeah ago. two nights ago um, so yeah it was sick I liked it and I loved that his kids were there his whole family yeah. and he went and hugged them afterwards and they were all wearing coordinated outfits yeah it was awesome yeah. did but, you see his um sunglasses the lv yeah. star set ones those are crazy They're so baller man speaking of kids um the next story pixar is in some hot water over their new movie elemental the movie opened this past week to a record worst bringing in just 29.3 million dollars mm. in the box office this was actually the lowest opening weekend for pixar ever even beyond forgettable Pixar adventures like the one from 2015 called The Good Dinosaur, which I don't think any of us saw, um, or 2020's Onward, which grossed $39 million. And then even last year's Big Money Loser, which is sad for me to say because I love Buzz Lightyear, but Lightyear only did about $51 million. Um, on paper, their new film seems like the kind of inventive movie, visually dynamic project that um, would get people excited that the company's known for. Um, and their formula has become, I think, pretty obvious, you know, taking an inanimate abstract thing like a toy or a car or even a feeling um, and personifying it. But I think with this movie specifically, there's been some discourse around multiple things like um, how it's more so targeting millennials rather than actually for kids. Mm -hmm. Um, but then even the millennials that watch it don't really like it compared to the iconic Pixar films of, of the past, you know, like Toy Story, for yeah. example, or Monsters, Inc. Um, and it seems that families that would typically go to the theater to watch a movie like that are, are now becoming a little bit more trained that it's just going to roll out on platforms like Disney Plus later and they can watch it for cheaper just with waiting. their family in the comfort of their home. Yeah. There's less risk to pay a lot of money and see a movie that's disappointing. Um, another question that I kind of had around it was um, just with how predictable they've gotten, like is this an example of a brand that's trying too hard to stay on brand with their new projects rather than innovating enough to keep people interested mm -hmm. as decades pass, you know? Um, I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like there is a big conversation here around whether or not a brand, a legacy brand like Pixar, who's known for successful films, um, who's traditionally like felt like they knew exactly who they were making their movies for, um, has kind of just fallen stagnant. So mm -hmm. yeah, I can't put my, like, I don't really have a gut reaction as to like what the next move should be for them, but I feel like they really need to rethink how to restore that legacy feeling back into the films that they have. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing that's interesting is like people are still flocking to the theaters to see movies like Super Mario Bros. True. And, you know, similar movies that are animated that like Pixar is doing, but they're not specifically watching or signing up um, for Pixar movies. So yeah, it kind of seems like Disney's priority to like move more to the broader streaming strategy has actually like compromised Pixar's um like brand loyalty and like equity because people just know that they can get it later for cheaper. Yeah. And then speaking of just like kind of losing their way, they have some time, their next 
projects are coming out later in 2024. I think one of them's Inside Out 2. I don't remember mm-hmm. what the other one is, but gives them a little bit of time to reevaluate and figure out who they're going to be in the future and hopefully they have more success next year. If you were the creative um, officer behind all of this, what would your uh, strategy be? Would you stay coarse or would you try and come up with something a little more experimental for the next film? I think you gotta. I don't know exactly what the play is, but I think it's just stepping out of the formula. You know, like... Mm. Like I said earlier, this like inanimate object become like becoming humanized and and taking on a life of its own. I think we've seen that enough times that it's just kind of old. Yeah, sweet. Well, now that we've got your palate, go eat some more substantial. Thanks for joining us.